0: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of January 2019. It's kind of strange saying 2019 now, and I guess it'll take a little while to into the getting used to signing 2019 and anything we have to sign these days. It takes a little while, doesn't it? Sometimes too even at the end of the year. You'll find yourself, for some reason, daydreaming or whatever And even putting a 2000, I don't know, 16 or whatever Some nice moment in in the past Down on things that you sign At least I find that occasionally Because after all, we're living through an awful system right now And by awful, I really mean that The important thing is to realize that it's a system We do live in a system And in all ages, you're in some kind of system, obviously if you take the Middle Ages across Europe, you had a religious system which gave you, uh, t- to most people in this different strata of society, it gave them purpose in a sense. And we need purpose. Without purpose you have nihilism, and without purpose and belief in anything at all, you uh, can become a terrible tyrant. That's also part of it too. And that's one of the big, big problems of today uh, in our society of materialism is that materialism is not supplying everything that we, we need, obviously. You can't buy it, as I say. There are even songs about that too, as you all well know. But you can't buy it. You, you can't buy the things that you, you need. You can buy the basic things that you need, obviously the material goods and food and all the rest of it. and heat, Shelter, clothing, that kind of thing. You buy these things and food, but things that you really need. However, it, it doesn't supply all your all your needs inside you. When you look at the big, big, big think tanks that run our systems and the advised governments, as they say, we don't vote the think tanks in. They, they pre-exist every particular party and government that comes in and goes out. And I've gone through the history of the big ones that helped run the world for well over a hundred years, and especially they're all entry for international affairs and its American branch, CFR, concerned foreign relations, a private organisation, and it was the organisation when it was called the Milner Group that really was behind the setting up of. The last part of the British Empire, as they called it And they wanted a world governmental system And they wanted a common culture across the planet Which, of course, is a bit ridiculous too Because you can't just go and destroy people's cultures across the world To suit yourself Or because your own elite think it's their right to do so However, they, they, they definitely tried that And even today you get the big arguments about Well, maybe the, the, the British Empire wasn't all that bad But it isn't until you strip away so much of the myth of it all That you start to understand the picture And we obviously all hate, all, we hate getting our myths destroyed Every country's got them Every nation has myths And they all have foundation myths and so on too But when you look at the real histories of, say, the British Empire to do with commerce and piracy Piracy was a big part of it, and Queen Elizabeth Day, the first days, in the Middle Ages And, you know, you had had Walter Raleigh and all these different people who were basically pirates And Francis Drake, and they also could use their pirate ships for, for defending the coastline of Britain ...against um, end like the Spanish Armada. And the world really is always living in, as I say, a system of some kind or another... ...that predominates, and within the systems you still have power plays of those who want to dominate it. Now the the country in foreign relations even has its own uh, video out there, they did... ...saying that they are the establishment that basically run uh, all the big, big agencies within the USA, for instance. They do it within Canada as well. And as I say, they've got um, branches of the same organization where it's called Royal Institute for International Affairs or CFR across the world. There's no country that doesn't have a branch working there. And they have direct access to governments and they can uh, advise all politicians and every government across the planet a so-called private organisation They also, of course A long time ago Remember it set up the, the banking system as we know it today With the big, big World Bank The Bank for International Settlements The International Monetary Fund Which comes in to collect debts And, and cuts your, your system to the bone In the process Including often destroying healthcare systems And things like that Folk don't know that the same organization, this private club that started off in London, had the IMF in during Margaret thatcher 's reign in Britain, uh, cutting back on uh, all these different things for, for the social services in the UK uh, during her period there. Countries tried to keep it as quiet as possible when the IMF is in. The IMF might be in an Ireland right now i 'm not quite sure, but I know that uh, I think they probably are actually. I saw a documentary a few years ago where Ireland had been encouraged, as always, this is how they work, to borrow, borrow, borrow money like there's no tomorrow. And uh, then they they, they crashed the economy to an extent, and they're landed with all this massive debt, which grows all the time through compound interest. That's the beauty of this type of money system for those who own it. And it is owned. It's all privately owned. But getting back to this world governmental idea, the general public are generally oblivious to it. It's like everything else, and I'll just touch on this briefly, this, this system here, of how you're taught to perceive things. And uh, I use analogies uh, which are also factual in what I'm about to say. For, for instance, you, you all know comedians. So take a comedian, for instance. You see the product. The comedian is the end of the product. Behind the comedian, professional comedians, you have batteries, a whole, a, a whole company you might see a corporation running that frontman product. You have teams of writers for the jokes. You have the image makers that literally create the comedian's image, his dress style, the whole thing. Uh, they even have department managers who come on and and train with them to show them how to work through a joke with body language and all the rest of it. Uh, they have stylists and, and fashion designers, all that kind of stuff, all working together. They have the corporate boys behind them who must advertise this this person on a tour abroad. And they must uh, work out the hotels. It's a corporation, basically. So you see the end product. Most folk never think beyond seeing the end product. That's all. They think this, this person just happens to be there, or he'll appear on television or on stage, uh, do his own thing, and it's all it's all down to their skill and talent. That's how you're meant to perceive this. It's no different than anybody going on tour to give lectures. It's the same thing, same machinery behind it all. And the person who gives a lecture is coached, trained, the thing is produced, and you're given the final product. Think, my God, this person's brilliant. You don't realize it could be an actor quite easily, and sometimes, and quite often, actually, they are. And that's the same as the politicians. Politicians get money. I read the articles years ago on one of the the radio shows it was on where in Britain and as an example all the countries I'm sure are the same now every politician was paid quite a big sum of money on expenses for training by special trainers on public relations and how to avoid answering, you know, factually answering questions, how to get around it, etc. And, and they were and there classified as, as acting lessons. What I'm saying to you is nothing is real out there, at least the way you're taught to naively perceive them. When you see, again, a comedian on, say, a talk show, on television and you see maybe an actor on beside them as another guest and they're chatting about it, and they all seem to know each other, you don't realize that it's all been rehearsed in advance. The questions are all laid out before the guests even turn up as part of the contract. They make contracts before they come on these shows. And it's the same with even Kissinger used to do this. They all do this. If you inquired from the come on for an interview the agencies that ran Kissinger and all the other ones out there Will put a list of, of questions they'll allow to be asked They'll take off with, with they, what they don't want, etc And that goes back and forth, back and forth Until they've all agreed and it's signed legally In front of lawyers, not authorized And then they'll come on But all you'll see when they're on the stage Was a comedian or an actor or a couple Or whatever it happens to be On some particular well-known talk show on television It's always been this way. It's the joviality and what you think is spontaneous jokes and all fun and so on. They're getting paid big money for being on. They don't just come on and pass the time. But you're given the end products and you'll think you know the characters. You've seen them so often on television or wherever it happens to be. And that's the show of it. It's a show. It's show business. And it's always big money. Now, it's the same, as I say, with politicians, even professors go through a lot of this because when they launch professors to help lead the minds of the public, they're launched on big talk shows and run often by the same organization, the, the top that I'm talking about, in fact, to help guide the people, because the people are followers. That's how they see the public. And this is not my, my opinion on it. This is pretty well out their textbooks. And they, they gave the CFR, for instance, recruited George Clooney, and I think Angela Jolie, and they have others, actors, actresses, and so on, and personalities, and philosophers, and things like that. They'll bring them on and, and make them stars. If they're not already stars, they'll make them stars because the people will will, will subject their own awareness, you might say, and observations and, and put them down to a second tier level And put the person that's presented as the expert above themselves They'll do that quite, quite easily actually There's a lot scientific technique to doing it So what we're living in is, is a kind of fake reality It's coincidental I suppose But I was thinking about that yesterday and today I remember Adam Curtis has got some good documentaries out there But Adam Curtis as you know also has had a lifetime of work at the BBC, he has accessed incredible archives there and he will go through a process of trying to show patterns in society and culture and times that we live through, either in commerce or financial systems or, or whatever it happens to be. But he also makes it very simplistic and, and quite unfortunately, he'll, he'll often miss the big elephant in the room in certain areas. He won't discuss them. But he did, and no doubt, too, even behind Adam Curtis is a big machine, too. So he presents it in a certain way that you're seeing as, again, the finished product. But he, he did talk about this system of what seems to be unreal, and he called it hypernormalization after a Russian who lived through the Cold War in Russia, Soviet Russia, who called it, that very term, hyper-normalization. Where everyone knew that everything that was being told by the media, by this totalitarian system, was false. What they were being told, how great this was and how great that was, didn't mesh with their own personal lives, experiences on a day-to-day basis. Didn't, didn't mesh. But no one would talk about you. You accepted that that, that there's something wrong, but you put on a pretense. The citizen would be put on a pretense of acting uh, like everybody else would act, and you'd all pretend to each other it was okay. And we're living in a more complex system, but similar to that today, with computerization with algorithms monitoring your every move, your, everything you think about almost to actually predict what you're going to think about You'd be surprised at how, how predictable you are And today they've got almost everybody's data actually down, down to a fine tree But he mentions too that even the internet and the ether He's talking about the ether all around you Is an echo chamber of you that's one part of it. I, I would add to it and say, it's an echo chamber of what's given out to be the official line of your present day's reality. But it's also, as he said, an echo chamber because algorithms are all about you. If you go on YouTube, and you look at two or three things, and no time at all is figured out your age, what you like, probably what country you came from, because it's all languages, remember, and what you like to look at For entertainment Entertainment tells an awful lot about the person What you like it Tells you a lot about you as a person But in no time at all It'll start on the right hand column on YouTube for instance and Giving all, a whole list of similar things Or similar movies or similar whatever Or eras in, in the genre that's decided that you're going to like Now the internet was promoted for years As Even before the public actually got it for themselves, it's promoted as a a system that would free up people, change the system into a more progressive system and break free of this state-fixed system. That's how it was portrayed. That's how people saw it at the time, at least those who ruled the world and want to move on to the next phase. Instead of that, it's turned into basically, yeah, you you can get lost forever and enjoy yourself forever, but it's it's really turning into... um, a control mechanism, and that really was always the function for those that are very, very top. Don't forget that DARPA um, and ARPA, but DARPA ruled the system, created the system. It was a military industrial complex thing, not by mistake. And the last thing rulers will ever do is, is allow you to have total freedom. Well, even Even that's a whole separate subject with freedom. The last thing that they would do is allow you to have uh, more freedom than they, they think is necessary. You're given just enough to to get by without having a breakdown and to pass the time thinking it's okay. and they, yeah, they hope you'll you'll consume and and produce and consume until you you die without giving the system any problems. That's the ideal citizen. Remember, that the United Nations stated a few years ago that the perfect citizen, the ideal citizen, world citizen, is a good producer and consumer. So if you get past a certain age, or you get ill, and you can't work, and you can't produce, but you're still consuming, then you're a burden, basically. And that's how we're truly seen. We're seen as units, economic units. And that's not a humane uh, way to look at us at all. It can't last forever. You get breakdowns in society. You you get people going crazy, uh, flipping out and doing crazy, crazy things. That's what happens. And they know this, of course, and they try to give you more entertainment, more ways to distract you. Uh, They also find, by the way, that during wartime, and restrictions and martial law during wartime astonish me. They're even doing these studies in World War Two. There are less suicides and less domestic uh, mayhem, murders, and and violence during wartime. Because, folk, strange enough, people then feel that, regardless of their own personal situation, they're part of something bigger. There's a cause, and that gives them purpose during wartime, as you all pull together. It's when there's a lack of some kind of vision that things start falling apart. So we're living in an incredibly controlled system right now. You can go and protest anything you want, as long as you get a license to do so. A permit to go and protest is whatever place you're going to meet. And you can have your little chanting thing and put your signs up, do your thing and go home. It's funny to watch that in London because it's like one group after another with their permits and they'll take their place, then leave, and take their place and leave uh, and they say their peace and it's, it's just like a routine hobby with a lot of them now it, nothing's having an impact and that's exactly what um, Curtis mentioned at one point in one of his talks we accept things, including the wars including the latest wars in, say, Yemen or whatever with, uh-huh, yawn, yawn, yawn because deep down, like hypernormalization, we know, we feel there's nothing we can do about it. This big system that runs it all is out of our hands. It never was in our hands, and that's the truth of it. That is the truth of it. You'd never know either. The massive machinery getting back to just the, the, the smaller level of, see, an individual comedian or a, a personality that's getting promoted to be a leader in society in a professional field. They create the stars. I gave a talks years ago on the machinery, including the groups that brought you, the big, big pop organizations, rock organizations, but they created the stars. You make the star. You can pick them out and you make them, you groom them and make them into the star. And to do that with scientists today, they first tried that in a bigger way with Einstein. And all the media went into action. To promote them as some kind of star And some kind of genius And that's been used many times since Still has been used today To promote so-called experts That you're supposed to think are much more intelligent than you You see the final product, as I say And they're promoted so you'll follow them And they're picked up immediately by the big boys And promoted But you see the end product the, The finished product, as I say Nothing is spontaneous in this big system Nothing at all and I've always said you've got to be careful of what and who you follow because you're always given your leaders. If they're wealthy and become even more wealthy, then it's a good chance, a very good chance. They've been groomed, produced for you, and you're seeing the polished, managed product. Really, that's really how it is. It's quite an amazing system we're living within, though, because there's never been so controlled as it is today. Because there's so many, I mean, there's so many of these stars out there across the world today, in every country. Polished, managed, often belong to the same organizations across the world. They're all on board with the same things to guide the public that follows them. And for every fractured part of society, whichever you belong to, every little fractured part, because they've divided society up into all kinds of little subgroups. They've already got leaders out there for you. It's quite quite beautiful in a sense, if you're a master manipulator to, to observe this, that's what you're seeing, <laughs> how it's done. And it works awfully well, doesn't it? Where politicians now really, I'll uh, notice that with the last um, uh, the US election there with the uh, midterm and other elections across the world, you're not getting what they can do or what their background is what they can do to serve in a public, that pretense is even gone. They're giving you what's really a a made product, it's a star type thing, man or woman, or whatever it happens to be, or whatever it's called. They're this or they're that, where it's either the proclivity for a particular sexual thing or whatever, that's that's like the qualification. What's going on here? I mean, who cares what they they do and and know The fact is, can they do the job? To serve the public All the public It's not even asked anymore Because there's no real pretense They're there to serve anybody Except themselves and their masters That's really how how bad it is today But getting back to all of that The big think tanks The big, big think tanks Like the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR And all of the other uh, groups that they own It's a big, big consortium Of groups and specialized think tanks For different specialized uh, problems and so on or areas the same guys who set up united nations and run that too at the very top and the banking system they never believed in democracy i've mentioned this so many times before the club of rome if you read their own books will tell you that the problem with the world as far as they're concerned is this silly thing called democracy they can't get anything done but then they're a branch of a think tank that works for the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR. And you'll find that the Royal Institute for International Affairs, long ago, back in the days of Carter, Jimmy Carter I think it was, came out with not just the CFR group, that most of the media is all involved in, and power really people who, who influence society belong to it, and the big, big moguls of corporations and business. But they also created the Trilateral Commission, and the Trilateral Commission are the real technocrats behind the scenes, who are not elected by anything, they're appointed, and, they're often, and the public often don't even know they exist. But they go across the world deciding on collapsing economies, or working at central banking systems, and even replacing prime ministers in some countries who are default on loans, national loans, and replacing them with their own technocratic bosses that are unelected straight in. They're put straight in by the central banks around the country. Now, there's too much to just talk. This is spontaneous, pretty well spontaneous, what I'm talking about here. But there's so much involved in this, I might do a couple of shows, I don't know. But here's the thing. If we go into actual talks of some of the top leaders we've had, some of them we still have, in fact. Other ones have died recently. Even Zygmunt Brzezinski, who, again, was a technocrat, remember, who was plucked out of a top university, and he was put up there in the, in the CFR and the Trilateral Commission. He came out with very, very Adam Curtis-like like, proclamations and visions of the future were very similar to Curtis's stuff because they all come from the same milieu, of how do we run the world? How do we control the public? How can we divert the public? How can we give the public vision that will be in our interest to rule over them, et cetera, et cetera. And even though they use democracy, and they'll even use your national military as a pretense of using democracy, but it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's for gain, of course. Uh, then, then you come back to any reality at all for instance, here is a quote by Zygmunt Brzezinski. And it was in the 1970s, from the book Between Two Ages, and America's role in the technotronic era, he called it. And the technotronic, or technetronic, he called any-tronic, he said was a system, and he mentioned it, where radio waves, as an example, different kinds of quiet weaponry, could be used across nations and continents, including your own one. And they could basically control the minds of the public, at least the, the emotions of them, make them placid or angry, depending on the frequency and things like that. It's a weapon system. Weapons don't have to completely disable you or make you bleed or kill you. A weapon is used to coerce you and force you into doing something, where they just point at you and tell you what to do, or you know that's or you don't even know what's happening to you. it's Still, a weapon. But anyway, it's also to do with control. It's always control, where you point a gun at someone to make them do something, or a, a microwave weapon, the thermal weapons that they've shown on television umpteen times that make your skin superheat, etc. And they can step it up to any frequency they want, by the way, or whatever it means they're going to use. But the fact is, the technotronic era, he says, involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Okay? For the harder thinking, I'll repeat again. The technotronic ear involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Controlled society, right? Such a society would be dominated by an elite, unrestrained by traditional values. Soon it would be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen And maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about the citizen These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities So let's break it down again here This guy was up there, way up yonder With all the different military, top military organizations on their panels at the very top And all the agencies Telling you how it is, how it is now But he was mentioning this back in the 1970s when he wrote this book. The technotronic era involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Gradual appearance. It's gotta be gradual because if if it's sudden, you you, you might notice it and complain. (laughs) So you just adapt into it. Gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Such a society would be dominated by an elite. Unrestrained by traditional values Now, traditional values, that's the rights of of humanity They couldn't be crossed before So this group would be unrestrained by traditional values Traditional values, the rights of the individuals That wouldn't stop them doing what they wanted to do with those people They can do what they want Soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen in the 1970s, eh? and maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about the citizen. These files would be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities. Now you go back to one of his predecessors working in the big global system, working on the culture and the minds of the public, Lord Bertrand Russell, who also belonged to the same global Elite of role entry for international affairs. He also worked for MI5, at the very least, maybe MI6 too, uh, during World War II at, at least. And he fills the exact title of being, or the exact role of what Carol Quigley talked about, that where he said that our organization, that is secret to an extent, is MI secret. But he said that in his own writings, in his own book. He said has existed for almost 60 years He wrote that in the 60s, 1960s This book, this is Carol Quigley I'm talking about now And he said it's often mistaken for the communists What he was referring to there was that the Rees Commission That done investigation into the tax-free foundation Supporting the far left, the communistic sects And what he's pertaining to is actually us running things And he said that we have, we have the same kind of goals Socialism is the best way to control people for those who are the experts and the rich on top, if you understand that. Anyway, getting back to Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell said back in the 1940s and 50s, in his big part, for he worked with the Macy Group, the Frankfurt School, all these different big, big groups that were meant to change culture and society. And Lord Bertrand Russell said that, that shortly... With their proper techniques Anyone can convince anyone else Of anything He's talking about the ability to, to complete persuasion And be completely believed by Anybody and everybody At the same time With scientific techniques Long before Brzezinski here Brzezinski would have all his inner writings Quigley's writings And Lord Bersin-Russell's writings Of course he would It's the same organization behind it all With the same goal Now, what else did Brzezinski say in his books? People and governments and economies of all nations must serve the needs of multinational banks and corporations. People, governments and economies of all nations must serve the needs of multinational banks and corporations. He also said today it's infinitely easier to kill one million people than to control one million people. And he also said, speaking of a future at most only decades away, an experimenter in intelligence control asserted, I foresee a time when we shall have the means and therefore inevitably the temptation to manipulate the behavior and intellectual functioning of all the people through environmental and biochemical manipulation of the brain. Very similar in some ways again to Bertrand Russell long before him. And that's no coincidence at all, actually Because Russell also said that by means of injection And he's talking about medications, but injection They can control people Environmental and biochemical manipulation of the brain He also said we have a large public that is very ignorant about public affairs And very susceptible to simplistic slogans by candidates Who appear out of nowhere, have no track record mouth appealing slogans. Isn't that ever, ever, ever true? Today? As I've mentioned before, what do they tell their qualifications are? What did I say earlier? Hmm? See, understand you're not in a true reality anymore. You're run by experts, including the products they put in front of you, which are the people that you're following. And politicians too. They're they're, they're produced, created, and managed for all the different factions of society that will follow them This is also what Brzezinski said The society will be dominated by an elite of persons free from traditional values who will have no doubt in fulfilling their objectives by means of purged techniques with which they will influence the behavior of people and will control and watch the society in all details It will become possible to exert a practically permanent watch on each citizen of the world. And it goes on, on, on. He's only one of them. They're all the same. But again, the public are not encouraged to look into these things at all. You're encouraged to go into the kind of, almost, you might call it the tabloid version. Almost a comic version of what the reality is. The pantomime of politics as it's presented to you today. That's what it is. It's a pantomime, isn't it? It's a soap opera. But it's under control. You may have the appearance, or you may think it's all becoming chaotic, but it's under control, right? And you definitely have... Uh, again, I'll put, even put up in a link to, to uh, Curtis's The Mayfair set to show you how, how Britain had... To, again, back to piracy again. How Britain, after the Suez Crisis where it was ordered. Britain was, was really put down by the U.S. and told to back out of there, along with France. And um, that was the, the signal that Britain's power was pretty well over. This this entity or corporation called Britain is based in London. Because that's what it was. It was there to serve the interests of big corporations. And certainly not the people. Any more than it is today, for that matter. You'll see how some of the people who were in the the, the managerial military classes in that time,
1: uh,
0: from old families again, with lords and titles and so on. They got together, and they couldn't let the old system just die off. And Britain was stagnating. It was left with incredible debts as a corporation uh, from the massive world wars, two of them the public had only recently been given any kind of health care in the 19, late 40s, I think it was in the early 50s, for the first time in their history. And the same with welfare too, etc. didn't exist before. The people were plundered and used and used and used and used for centuries for a corporation. And clearly, this includes England, as too. And they, they recruited people from orphanages, like that's where they stopped their recruits for, for the military for centuries from, pretty well. There's good documentaries out there, even by the, the very authorities that are still running your brains, which is like the BBC, but the old documentaries had to admit to this kind of thing. Nothing is what you think it is. You're trained to see things just like you're trained to think that those stars that you see on television with some talk show host, and they're all laughing and, and joking. And it seems to be spontaneous. You don't realize it's all managed and it's paid for, and they're getting paid salaries to, to appear there. And you're looking at professional products. It's the same with everything else. But Britain got some of these families, you couldn't let the, the idea of what they saw as Britain just go down the tube. And they formed their own little pirate bands, uh, and they went across the Middle East and other places, even into Yemen, and, and started of blown things up there too by using ex special forces mercenaries basically they still worked in a kind of semi-secret way on behalf of the establishment of Britain but if they were caught that was just too bad for them but they worked and and some of them were selling massive armaments to all these countries that's how they started off with the big armament business and the new lightning for instance fighter jet fighter that Britain had selling them across to Arabic countries but that really doesn't give much employment back home to people and doesn't spread the economy But it's, it's for the very, very wealthy That's where it's making the money For, And it's never changed to the present day But he does touch on that And for young guys it can sound awfully exciting This, this carefree, oh yeah it's, it's, it, Young men take a long time to mature They do and it's an actual thing in them to belong to a clan or a tribe and want to go fighting. They have a, a, a small um, period of wanting to be a kind of warrior type. And they, of course, being young and healthy, they think they'll never die anyway. And, but the, the thing is, they, they admire the adventurers. Uh, something, that's what their, their, their thriller stories are about, or their movies are about, it's about adventurers, really. People who break the rules, and they admire that. So these characters and the special forces would break the rules. They were mercenaries and take their chances and stir up travel across the world as frontmen for big corporations, massive corporations. And some of the biggest arms sales shows are still held in London today for the world. And the same companies that make the arms quite a few years back decided in a world that they would head towards peace and unification, they'd have to start... And they did had they'd already started targeting mass surveillance uh, technologies for, the, for sale Rather than just weaponry for governments and so on Which we're now in There's no special, oh, we all belong to the same country Let's look after each other on, on, from these CEOs of corporations Or their investors for that matter It's pure corporate greed actually And they'll exploit countries across the planet and interfere with them too. They always do, unfortunately. And when need be, just like Carl Quigley talked about them using the Jamestown raid, this private clique that worked for the Milner Group at the time, they had the the Times reporter they brought over with them to write up the story that the Boers had attacked the British settlements, and, and in reality it was the other way around, so that they could then use their actual British regular army and have them dispatched over there. To protect the British people, but in reality these, these, these little renegade guys had uh, attacked the Boers and stirred it up and paid as a woman reporter, I think to write a fake story for the, what became their own issue for international affairs. at that time it was called the Milner Group or Milner's Kindergarten. Nothing's ever as it appears to be, is it? And if you really dig into reality, <laughs> what is reality, you get more and more levels of it. don't lose yourself. Not everybody can handle it And you don't have to know every little name and jot and tittle of things that have happened It's way too much For anybody But at least you get an idea of what's happening And keep your sanity as you go through it As I say, every country has its myths Its foundation myths, every single country, without exception and is also and, and, and they've exploited and trained everybody from every country to be born and raised, believing in their indoctrination that they're given with always pride, and they've always got enemies who've done you wrong and you're taught to hate them forever, etc, etc, which makes you serve the system even harder and harder. well-worn system. Now here's how, as I say, everything today has got massive there's thousands. Thousands, literally thousands, of sub-agencies all working for the top big agencies in specialized areas of controlling you and what you think and what you're going to believe and all, all in preparation for wars to come and things like that. Here's some of it here, right? A little bit here. And I mean a little bit, right? It's too much. Inside the temple of covert propaganda. The Integrity Initiative and the UK's scandalous information war I hate to just pick on the UK But it's just how, the, the, there's, there's more stuff come out from there recently I guarantee to a lot of the guys working in these agencies, these covert agencies will be convinced themselves they're doing the right thing? They will, you know Others are the psychopaths who have no problem uh, Because they're in a kind of marketing war or propaganda that's what they do—make things up. How do we get the public to believe us? How do we put it across to them? Don't forget what Theresa May's speciality is, and she's worked for the Home Department for the UK's security or spy agencies, you might call it. Don't forget that too. And her, her speciality is as, as in marketing—a master marketer. So that—that's that's spy agencies and so on, like this one here. And it says, the gray zone entered the carefully concealed offices of a covert British government-backed propaganda mill that's at the center of an international scandal, and the mainstream media refuses to touch it. Recently hacked documents revealed an international network of politicians, journalists, academics, researchers, and the military officers all engaged in highly deceptive covert propaganda campaigns, funded by the British Foreign and Commonwealth Office, the FCO. So it isn't just internal, it's also across the planet, the FCO. NATO, Facebook, and hardline national security institutions, all working together. Eh? This is this network of networks, as one of a document refers to them, refers to around an ironically named outfit called the Integrity Initiative. Isn't that wonderful? The Integrity Initiative as like George Orwell's Ministry of Love and Truth and Peace and so on And it is all overseen by a previously unknown England-based think tank registered in Scotland The Institute for Statecraft, which has operated under a veil of secrecy The whole operation appears to be run by and in conjunction with members of British military intelligence and it's got different statements by people who are professional propagandists and, and so on And people who work to, to spot them, etc. says the most senior government people are professional propagandists and spooks Miller explained, it says the charity They call themselves charities by the way, it's wonderful, right? Lead on this was also appointed as a colonel in military intelligence at the beginning of the project So, so it says the charity lead on this Chris Donnelly was appointed as a colonel in military intelligence at the beginning of the project. A truly amazing fact that suggests that this is a military intelligence cutout. That's how they refer to it. And this is David Miller, professor of political sociology at the School of Policy Studies at the University of Bristol and the director of the Organization for Propaganda Studies. That's what he said. It's a professional propagandist. Uh, This organisation and Spooks Made up of Spooks This is a think tank that oversees Integrity Initiative Institute for Statecraft Which also received funding from the British Army And Ministry of Defence This is pretty major UK government admits that not only the Foreign Office But also the Army and Ministry of Defence Have funded the Institute for Statecraft The body uh, behind anti-Corbyn propaganda So they're they're, they're also putting out They're they're involved in politics here I'm not anti-politics, I think they're all pretty psychopathic anyway. But here, here they are, interfering with... with and here, here's the world bashing Russia, saying they interfering, interfering with our folks' politics. <laughs> but every country has got this particular type of group working with them and inside of them. Also, this, this Miller, Professor Miller, explained this, this enterprise is an elaborate... Front for the British military intelligence apparatus is covert coordination with friendly politicians and mainstream journalists recalls the Cold War era intrigue known as Operation Mockingbird, and that, and that was an interesting one too. There's links on this article here, and you can look them up yourself. It's quite a long article actually, worth reading for those who are into this kind of thing. To give an example how it works, it's sad too. You know, most people in the military, most of the ordinary grunts and so on. And troops and squaddies, as they go, and the military, don't know about this either. They just, they're they're simple old guys like everybody else, pretty simple, get along, get along, etc. Do what you're told, Um, don't cause problems and maybe you'll get some recognition in the military and maybe you can get out of it and and get a better job than you would have if you hadn't gone into it in the first place. I mean, that's the average person. They don't know that most of what they're getting told is, is, is propaganda and misinformation. ...and even brainwashing. Also, this article here, the Integrity Initiative, Spies and Their Lies. That's by Sputnik News, which is Russian, I think. But they do go through some interesting information on this, too. It's good to look at all all stuff because everything's got a spin on it, sure. But you'll get bits and pieces of truth. That's how intelligence agencies get facts anyway. They get newspapers. They used to get newspapers across the world... ...and cut bits and pieces out of them and paste them all together. Information, disinformation, you name it But you had to get it all And then try to make sense of it That's how was done Nothing's changed even It's not mainly electronic today And also International Institute for Strategic Studies I'll put this one up too Because that's also Connected with this thing here And the Institute for Statecraft I'll put this up for you as well Connected too with Smith <laughs> Smith Richardson Foundation It's a private foundation Based in Westport, Connecticut Supporting policy research in the realms of foreign and domestic public policy One of many, by the way And they also are tax-free in their foundations and are covered as charities Pretty standard stuff, eh? Another one I'll put up is to do with some of the people involved in running these, these agencies Another article too I'll put up is the CIA in the Media It was by Carl Bernstein, an old one Old article, but he, he's wrote a lot of stuff about this. I'll put that up for people who, again, there's only a few folk who, who wade through all this stuff. I should mention, too, that I don't necessarily endorse these articles as being uh, the ultimate uh, of truth. However, you can definitely check certain facts within them, and that's all that really matters to me. I expect spins to be put out there on most newspapers and websites, etc., and some people would simply have a point of view that will never budge as well. However, when it comes to actually analyzing intelligence data, you have to go into all different areas. And you'll find sometimes, too, and this is a, a technique I've mentioned before years ago, that sometimes intelligence agencies all put out conflicting articles about themselves and different agencies they control. And they do control oppositions of pretty well everything as well. It's amazing, eh? They create the the, dialectic, basically, but you must control both sides to get the synthesis, basically. That's how it's run from the intelligence services themselves. So remember, I'm not pushing one thing or the other. I'm just saying look into everything. If we can verify certain data, then at least you know there's intelligence agencies involved. And all countries use these techniques, too. Because all countries to do with intelligence agencies, and top MI5 specialists have said that in interviews long after retirement in in Britain, that every job that they had was really to do with subverting someone else's economy in order to get the business to big corporations within London. And that's really how most countries really work. A country is a corporation, really, or a nation. It's a corporation with a, a different clique at the top who actually own it all. And you're all trained to believe and work for it. It's, it's quite simple. So always keep it in your mind that you question everything. Just to go back to the, what I was talking about earlier with Adam Curtis and his articles, even though he'll put his own spin to an, and omit the elephant in the room on many things, but he he did. Uh, he, he's quite right in what he says. that We are given uh, a fake reality, very very fake. And getting more so all the time with all these professional agencies Massively giving us, dumping us so much Scientifically created propaganda onto us every day Another one too is to do with Amazon And this one here Amazon Web Services announces secret cloud region for the CIA Another one too is to do with China China's new antenna, five times the size of New York City but some fear it could be a cancer risk. It says here. So work to build this facility was thirteen years in the making, but some researchers have expressed concern about exposure to extremely low frequency waves. Remember the low frequency that Pershing was working on for what well, is a massive project here. This is project WEM will be able to communicate with submarines under the water, reducing need for them to surface. The U.S. has already got them. Other, some other countries have too, by the way. It says the giant uh, experimental radio antenna on a piece of land almost five times the size of New York City. And it says the wireless electromagnetic method, WEM, project took 13 years to build, but its said that it was finally ready to to emit extremely low-frequency radio waves, known as ELF waves. The waves have been linked to cancer by the World Health Organization. Mind you, as I say, all our own countries have got it too, this this particular technique. And the the WHO... Affiliated to International Agency for Research on Cancer has also objected to it, but they're going to they get it anyway. It's very similar to, to, to other side effects of harp techniques as well, VLF and so on. And every country's got them really. It's also the reason because it can communicate with submarines. It's also affecting. And I mentioned that I gave talks years ago on this. It's affecting the dolphins and even whales are beaching themselves because it interferes with their guidance system. Here's something that everyone should be concerned about. Traces of feces have been found on every single McDonald's touchscreen swabbed in an investigation by metro.co.uk. Sams were taken from the new machines that have been rolled out at restaurants across the country, as so in Britain. Every one of them had coliform, coliform bacteria. And the senior lecturer in microbiology at London Metropolitan University, Dr. Paul Mattoweli, said, we're all surprised how much gut and fecal bacteria there was on this touchscreen machines. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. These cause the kind of infections that people pick up in hospitals. Unfortunately, Houston, the same kind of touchscreen systems. They put all the information on, about patients on in hospitals now. And those, the staff, they all, they're all rushed, believe you me. They're rushed back and forth, right from the patient's bed to these things, back and forth, back and forth. It, there's no common sense here, folks. Of course it's asking for trouble. But I'll put this one up for folk who, who really care about it. And also, interesting, Walmart has put a patent through for autonomous robot bees. And I think this was from a, maybe a couple of years ago, the first article I saw on this. But now they've done it. Uh, and this is to, to pollinate plants and so on in different parts of the world called call them pollination drones It's interesting that they've they brought out a few patents actually from Walmart. Interesting how they're going to expand their business into much, much bigger realms of essential things like f- your food supply Now I okay. think that's pretty well lit Remember you can buy the books and discs at cutting through com And see the other sites that I have and find out how to order books and discs and so on, or to donate to me uh, on the website. And Because, as I say, the things are getting tough as the, the currencies are being devalued. As well. We all know this. We all know it. And, um, and people are getting really strained out there uh, and trying to pay for everything that they need. A lot of folk are already so much in debt, because the system encourages debt. And Canada is, is one of the worst countries, apparently, for personal and national debt. I'll put some articles to do with that, in fact, for, for Canada and Australia This is the world of easy money transformed Canada into a debt nation And that world is coming to an end That's one article here, and it's got some good information on it How it's encouraged in the first place And then Canada government debt to, to, to the gross domestic product and Canada recorded a government debt equivalent to 89.60% of the country's gross domestic product in 2017. And it goes through how it's rising, 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 until we're paying more back for the debt, which is compound interest too, by a system we shouldn't even have in the first place, which is not meant to ever get paid off. You can't pay it off, compound interest. Also, Canada's national debt clock, I'll put that up as well, and how they work that out as well. Canada's federal debt and your share of growth of debt per day, per hour. And the one in Australia, too, is quite good. Uh, it says Australia's most exposed to debt crisis. Uh, state uh, Street is called, that's where it's from. An awfully good article on prosecutors have their power to alleviate financial burdens, help the poor more easily access constitutional rights as the US, and newly elected should exercise it. It's astonishing how much the states, even local government, depends on fines to pay their bills for the government. And how the poor naturally are suffering the most than paying all these fines, which also have interest tacked on if they can't pay. What a system. This is not our system, is it? It really isn't. But I will put up these articles here. I, I hate even cutting it off so early, actually. I should really do another talk, perhaps, on this. Because this reality that I'm I'm talking about here, the whole idea of bathing the continent and even the world in uh, frequencies like the ELF and so on, from cell towers even, (laughs) or across the planet by different means, is old, has been experimented with and used and tested to see if it works, and it does work. I mentioned that years ago to the tested parts of the US with it and even had lawsuits come in about it too when they thought they both found out what was going on That's the world we're living in today because those in control don't want to lose control it's, it's always been the goal to get control That's what Brzezinski was talking about, his own peer group Because the books, like the Technotronic here, are meant for his own peer group and those who work in, as, as, in the Trilateral Commission and the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute for International Affairs and international affairs organizations across the whole planet now every country has them one big club of a private organization They runs your school system to indoctrinate the children decides what cultural changes they're going to impose upon you what they're going to make trendy, even absurd because they can break all conventional rules and experiment with you and even sit back and laugh at the results don't crack up about it And if it's too much for don't, folk Don't even go into it There'll still be another tomorrow Unless something out of control happens Of anybody's control There'll still be another tomorrow Your life has to go on regardless of Of all the fear that's generated out there It does And always remember that you matter That's awfully important And don't get depressed about things and stop knocking your heads against the wall, thinking everything is your own fault. But when you realize what you're up against, it certainly isn't your own fault. Everything's pushed this way. It's up to you to try to break out for yourself, if you can. And if you can get in touch with our people who understand as well, all the better. All the better if you can. From myself, Alan Waterman, here, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's goal with you.